This is Supernatural Breakthrough with Mike Signorelli every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, a new episode drops. So the unseen realm, ancient wisdom, and your freedom awaits in this episode. Let's jump right in. Well, we're going to start today with the love test. The love test. Pastor Mike, you're being corny today. What in the world is going? Just stay with me. Come on, this message is going to change your life forever. Just one clip from last week's sermon got over 200,000 views within 72 hours. So how many of you know that God is speaking through V1 Church? He's speaking about relationships through this house. So let's take the love test together, okay? Um, I'm going to put this scripture up and I want you to put your name in the blanks. So I want you to look here at the screen. And as we read first Corinthians chapter 13 verses four through seven, I want you to compare yourself against the love test. Put your name in the, in the blanks. You are patient and kind. Come on. If you're laughing already, thinking about your name in that sentence, you're failing the first part of the love test. You do not envy or you do not boast. Come on, are you passing right now? Did you score any points in the love test? You are not arrogant or rude. You do not insist on your own way. Come on, put your name here. You are not irritable or resentful. Come on, that includes before you have your morning coffee. Come on, I'm coming for you today. Are you passing the love test or are you failing it? I'm just reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses four through seven. You do not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. You bear all things, you believe all things, you hope all things, and you endure all things. Come on, isn't that convicting? So how did you score on the love test? I mean, listen, if you're anything like me, you probably did not do too well. But how many of you believe that love is a person, Jesus Christ? And as you receive Jesus into every crack and crevice of your life, every broken part of your life, you can actually become more like him. And you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse four through seven says, love is patient and kind. And so if you're not patient, if you're not kind, then invite Jesus into your life and you'll find yourself patiently enduring every season. Come on, every now I've traveled all around the world. We have V1 church watch parties represented in other countries. This June, July, August, and September, many of you are gonna be joining me on trips where we travel all literally all around the United States and even overseas on tour together. And we're going to meet people. And, and how many of you are getting a holy curiosity about joining me this summer to travel? But I want to tell you something. Everywhere I go in the world, they don't want to live there. Everywhere I go in the world, they think that their region is the problem. And so if you're like, I need to get out of here, I, I need to get out of this job. Guess what? Most people don't like their jobs. But when you bring Jesus into your life, there's this love that begins to well up and says, I'm patient because I know that I'm not driven by success. I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen in this quiet church today? Come on. And so 
Let me just help you understand that love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love, through the person of Jesus Christ, believes what you can't believe about your own spouse, about your single season. Like Maybe you believe there are no good men out there, but God's making a good man in the seat, in a row, two rows behind you, because the Holy Spirit's doing what no one else can do in his heart right now. And so you don't even believe there's any good men, but God's making good men. Can I get a shout from all the good men represented today? And so love through Jesus believes all things, hopes all things, and, and love hopes that revival is coming to Northwest Indiana. Come on. Love believes and hopes that we're going to have smashed crack pipes, pipes littering our stage on a weekly basis, not monthly. Come on. And so love endures all things. Love endures a pandemic. Love endures um, an election of a president. You don't lose friendships of it. Love endures, you know, in sickness and in health. Come on. Love endures for richer or for poorer. And so if you don't have this, and if you failed the love test like I do, then stop trying to love and start receiving Jesus who is love. Oh, come on, this is a fire. I hope I got some note takers in the house. Come on, I just, I want you to stay with me for a few more moments. And, and this is not a long sermon, but a very profound, impactful one. So I was looking at scientific research published by Carnegie Mellon uh, University. And in the past decade, it showed this one thing. So in the last 10 years, when you, when you have social support and belonging, when you come together in a community of faith like you're in right now, no matter how bad the venue smells and how dirty the seats are. Come on, I know some of you guys wear a jacket to church just as a layer between you and the seats. But if you will come together in belonging and community and let the love of Christ in, even Carnegie Mellon University says your stress reduces dramatically heart disease statistically literally begins to drop and your in, your quality of life improves so healthy relationships are healing relationships write that down in your notes right now healthy relationships are healing relationships. Well, let me prove it to you. Toxic relationships are hurting relationships. And we've all been abused. We've all been used for our physical bodies. We've all been used for our finances. Come on, we've had some people latch onto us and use our car like we're the Uber. Come on, and we've enabled people to use us because we're people pleasers and we wanna feel valued and we wanna feel like our life matters. And sometimes we're even willing to be used just to know that our life has use. Oh, I'm speaking to somebody right now. And then we create these toxic codependent relationships that even when the Holy Spirit's yelling to you, get out, that voice of people pleasing says stay because some value is better than none. I know I'm speaking to a course. So healing relationships are healthy relationships. Healthy relationships are healing relationships. And so if you've been hurt by the church, the solution is not to run from fellowship, it's to run into healthy fellowship. Because wherever there's perversion, there's purpose. 
And see what the enemy means to pervert because he's not creative. He's a counterfeiter. God will turn it around and reveal, no, the church is where there's purpose. If you've been hurt by relationship, I'm talking to my divorced folk. And I'm talking to the ones that wasn't your fault. I'm talking to the ones that had a breakup because somebody cheated, somebody walked out. I'm talking to you right now. You may say in your heart, I'll just never get married again because it's safer to be single. But it might be safer to be single, but you will be more healed if you get into a healthy relationship. Oh, the Lord's speaking to somebody right now. And so you don't run from relationship. You find the purpose in the perversion that hurts you. Oh, Lord, I'm getting ready to start shouting and run. I'm going to run off this stage through the screen and come on down into your seats right now if you don't watch out. Are you with me? And so trust, honesty, and compassion. If you're taking notes, you can write those three down are the elements of a healing relationship. So all healing relationships revolve around trust, honesty, and compassion. Trust, honesty, and compassion. But there are three perversions, and these are elements of hurting relationships. And that is pride, deception, and anger. So you have to choose in a relationship And this is romantic, this is a friendship, this is fellowship at the church between trust, honesty, and compassion or pride, deception, and anger. I wanna break down a scripture to you, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, and the saints said amen when they found it or scrolled up on their notes in the V1 Church mobile app. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, Okay, hear me. So what's better than being a warrior is to be one who is slow to anger. And he who rules his own spirit is mightier mightier than those who take a city. So if you're here foaming at the mouth during worship, screaming, your windmill kicking, and you're just shouting at me as loud as you can while I'm preaching right now, but you you are quick-tempered, then stop trying to be a warrior and start trying to be more patient and let love in because, because you never, never take the city of Hober, Indiana if you are quick-tempered. And, and I wanna break this down. One translation of the scripture says, better a patient man than a warrior. See, a lot of times in church, we're like, I'm a warrior, I'm a fighter. And you preach these sermons like, I'm gonna go to the enemy's camp and you know, took back what he stole from me, right? And we, we elevate being a warrior, but we've never taught you how to not punch a hole in a wall. And we've never taught you how to not road rage. And we've never taught you to let the love of Jesus in so you can be patient unlike anyone in your family that ever came before you. Well, this other translation says, better is a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. So what if warfare for you in next next season looked like patience? Ah, did it hurt when I said it? Come on, I know somebody's writing that down in their notes right now for their personal journal. Journal. What if your warfare in this season looked like patience? What if it's the one weapon in your arsenal you've never deployed? You've already, you've, maybe you're a risk taker. Maybe you're one who steps out in faith, but you've never sat down in patience. Oh, I know I'm speaking to somebody. What if I told you that patience is better than being a warrior? Instead of conquering anger, many become captives of their own passion. 
Instead of thinking before speaking, we speak without ever even thinking. And we wonder why we don't have healing relationships. We have hurting relationships. Come on, be slow to speak. There's wisdom in this. I'm just, come on, V1 Indiana, I see a building on the way for our church. Come on, I see simulcast live with our bands being connected between regions. I see healthy husbands and wives rising up. I see single people ending a purity season where they save their self for marriage, coming together with the one God destined them for, not the one that they compromised with. And I see us rising up to greater heights. I see us going into deeper, depths. I see us doing conferences that draw from the four corners of the world, but see, we're never going to behold those things because you can't take a city if you're quick tempered. Come on. You'll, you'll, you'll be so good in every other form of warfare, but patience. And there's a strategy that the Lord wants me to tell you to bring healthy relationships into play. You've got to become, become one who is patient. Now let's talk about these three attributes of a healthy relationship. Do y'all still love me? Are you still talking back to me through this screen? I need to hear you. Trust. Trust is when someone in a relationship with you feels emotionally and physically safe. If you don't feel safe with me as your lead pastor, you don't trust me. And that's either because you've been hurt in your past or because I have not earned your trust over time or I've done something to lose it. So you know that you're ha you have trust in a relationship when you don't have to be on guard against being hurt by the other person. So I want you to think about this. Are you trustworthy? Are you consistent? See, people make promises about how long they'll endure. They make promises. Pastor Mike, I'll be with you to the end. And then they leave. Pastor Mike, you can call on me anytime, day or night, but they never pick up their phone. Pastor Mike, I'm here. I want to give financially. And then they never sign up for reoccurring giving. I mean, trust is built through consistency. And a safe relationship is one in which somebody feels emotionally and physically safe. And we need to be a church that builds trust together. The next one is honesty. I will tell you this. You can fool some of the people sometime, but you can't fool all the people all the time. I know this teaching has been so good, but I wanted to pause for a second because I want to connect with you. Go to MikeSignorelli.com. Tell me your story. Check out all these resources I have available for you. And would you consider financially partnering? It's because people say, I'm going to join my finances with this podcast that we're able to reach so many people around the world. And I'll tell you this, we are good soil to sow into. So I'll see you at MikeSignorelli.com. And thank you so much for your financial gift. Okay, let's jump back in. And I'm telling you, there are some smooth talking preachers. There's some people that you'll meet, come on, in, in, in life that are so good, silver tongued. Some would say fork tongued. And they know how to tell you exactly what you, what you want to hear. You know, you get into a relationship, but let me tell you what true honesty is because we are building a congregation and healthy healing relationships on honesty. Okay, you know it's honesty when both the other person, you and the other person can reveal your true feelings without harm to either one of us. See, what would happen? Now think about this. Let me just tell you, 
you know that there's not true honesty in a relationship if you think to yourself, if I tell them how I really feel, it will ruin our relationship. Let me just tell you, if that's the equation, then you don't have a true relationship. See, wherever there is true conflict, there is true intimacy. It's what you do with the conflict. And listen, as your lead pastor, we're not gonna agree on everything. But I learned that from staying married to my wife, Julie. I don't have to agree with Julie to stay covenanted to Julie. See, agreement is not the basis of unity. Come on, honesty is the basis of unity. Trust is the basis of unity. I feel the anointing. I feel like I'm parenting some of you who've never had a father that sat you down and taught you what trust, honesty, and compassion passion really are because the world says, well, just go ahead and lie because um, the truth is going to carry bigger consequences. But I say where there is a healing relationship, the truth makes you closer. It doesn't put a wedge, even if you don't agree. This is good. Are you getting something out of this? Last one out of the three to create a healing relationship requires compassion. Both the other person and you have the ability and willingness to understand one another and to express kindness. You know, oftentimes the way that I win with people is I envision myself living their life. An incredible amount of compassion flows from that place of empathy. I'll never know what it's like to be a woman. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for making me a male. I was a male by birth, but a man by choice. Come on, I know I got some men choosing to be men of God in this house right now. Come on, V1. But I have, oftentimes as I've increased in my wisdom, I've thought, what is it like to live Julie's life? Here's one better. What's it like to be on the other side of a conversation with me? Does she feel safe? Does she feel emotionally safe? Does she feel that she can tell me how she really feels without negative repercussions, including anger, like I said? And if I can answer yes to all that, it's the evidence, not that I've become a better person, but that I've become a sanctified person. Because I'm not a motivational speaker, y'all. I'm a man of God. And this is not behavior modification. And this is not the power of positive thinking and psychology. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as Jesus enters up in you, you say, our family used to say that because we're Irish, we drink. But see, I'm not just Irish. I've been adopted into this spiritual family bought by the blood of the lamb and I can now just drink the new wine of the Holy Ghost and see sometimes it says well we get angry because we're Italian and we love to yell yeah but the only person we shout at now that this Italian's been bought by the blood of the lamb is shouting the devil down and causing him to leave our houses and our place in places of abiding can somebody just say amen and so it redeems you and that's what it means to be compassionate, is to say, what is it like to be on the other side? It's like every single time you think to say, I'm not going to be there this Sunday. Have you thought, what is it like to experience being in relationship with me when I don't show up, when my leaders have taken me out to dinner, taken me out to lunch, poured their life out? What's it like to lead me? That's make, made me a better follower to my pastors and my spiritual leaders. And so when you begin to become a person of compassion, healing takes place. Healing takes place. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine says this. 
But he said to me, now this is a prophetic word for somebody. So here, the reading of the Logos becomes Rhema. See, when I read this scripture, it's as it's written in the English language, but it will become specifically tailored to your life because it's an, it's an in-season word. So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. My power, the power of God is made. It's, it's made. Okay, think about this word. My power, God's power is made perfect in your weakness. And so God's power cannot be perfect in, in your life until it comes through your weakness. This is so profound. Therefore, the apostle says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So if you feel heaviness resting upon you, can I just tell you, if you want the power of God resting upon you, then you've got to boast in your weaknesses and you've got to stop hiding and start highlighting. See, because when you highlight your weakness, it displays the perfection of God's power. And so guess what it means to be a Christian? It doesn't mean you're perfect. It means that his power is perfected in your weakness. I wish somebody felt something stirring in their belly right now. It means that God never expected you to be a perfect person. He expects you to be perfectly yielded to him. And then when people watch your life, they'll say, didn't you, weren't you the perfect? person that used to be so destructive. Were you the person who would cuss somebody out? And now you're speaking a blessing. You're prophetically encouraging. How is it so? I'll tell you, God's power is made perfect in the weaknesses of Jesus, of Mike Signorelli, and it's Jesus Christ shining through. And so guess what? We're not a church that has to hide. We're a church that has to highlight Hey, I used to be addicted to pornography, but I lead a connect group now. This is going to be someone's story where I used to hide my addiction, but now I highlight it to show God's power being perfected through it. Oh, I feel it. Hey, I used to be the kind of person that was always lying and, and always hiding. But now I highlight my weakness because the fact that I can be this open and vulnerable, come on. Hey, I used to be the kind of person that would run. I would try to escape the pain, and I, but, but I'm no longer gonna hide that part of me. I'm gonna highlight it because the fact that I show up in this marriage, the fact that I show up in this church, the fact that I've endured even though I want to escape is a proof that his power is being perfected through my weakness. Don't hide. Highlight. Come on, somebody. I want to show you one last thing. And this is going to be a very profound moment, I believe, in your life as God begins to reveal something to you, okay? So here's what I need you to understand. And I, I want to just make this very plain. This right here this represents you. This represents your life. This is your mind, your will, your emotions. This is, this is you. This right here, this right here is life. See, I just want to tell you, no matter what neighborhood, neighborhood you were raised in, no matter what family, no matter what the status of your bank account was, you are going to go through pain. And see, some of it is just simply going to to cause you to become chipped, 
you know? You're gonna be like, man, that was a tough season. But then there's other times where you're just completely and utterly decimated, you're shattered. And see, for most of us, what we would do is we would throw away the pieces and say, oh, this represents my marriage. And it's, it has no use in this form. You know, th- this represents my, my gifting. And I used to serve at another church, but I got wounded and, and I didn't just get chipped, I got shattered. And so the only thing we can do with shattered pieces is throw them away. No, there's, there's actually another option. There's this Japanese art form called kintsugi. And in this art form, they go through this painstakingly patient process of rebuilding. And see, they begin to put the pieces back together and they actually fashion it with gold. And so what happens is this. Most of us say, I just wish I could go back, back before I was broken sexually, back before divorce broke, broke me. But see, we can't go back. But what we can do is we can build. If you can't go back, you can still build and see what happens with Kintsugi and this precious Japanese art is that instead of hiding the cracks, you highlight the cracks and something that would have been garbage turns into something beautiful. What if we were a church that said, you know what makes me so powerful on this worship team? The fact that I can highlight my pain from another worship team. You know what makes me so powerful in this marriage is that our history has actually become something beautiful and it's a story that leads us into our future. What if I told you that what V1 Church looks like is a whole bunch of people going through a painstakingly patient process like Kintsugi where we put our lives on display and say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, now I see. Look at the process I allowed God to do in my marriage, in my sexuality, in my mind, in my, in my will. And now this thing becomes increased in value because we didn't hide, we highlighted. Well, we are coming to the end of yet another incredible time together every Monday, every Wednesday and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am posting a new podcast so that you can be equipped and learn and grow. And you know, if you got this far, you may want additional mentorship and you may wanna connect with me on a deeper level, which is why I have the Breakthrough Community. If you visit MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com, you can become a monthly financial partner for $27 a month or $297 for the entire year, you can come into the Breakthrough Community. We do monthly Zooms. Yes, monthly Zooms. It's wild. People from all over the world are there, including prophetic seminars and teachings that literally are banned on other platforms. All of it's waiting for you, including a private Facebook group with all of the other Breakthrough Community members. So again, go to MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com and become a monthly partner. I can't wait to see you there, and I will see you in the next podcast episode.